Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst Knowledge Podcast, episode 58. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, our guest was the most requested on our social media page. What? Yep. She was voted best virtual fitness star strength training in 2020 by Boston Magazine. We're talking the none other, Jesse Burdick. Yes, yes, we are. And we talk about Jesse's experience in her field of training people in fitness. And we talk about a lot of different things that are really cool and fun. Mm-hmm. And Jesse was a great guest. And she was actually the first guest of our podcast to actually message me after the episode <laughs> and say, hey, I said something wrong. So um, can you correct that for me in the QC? And we are going to do that. So everybody, make sure you stay around after the fun music that I play uh, to listen to the QC portion so you can see that correction, as well as some other neat tidbits about powerlifting and such. Enjoy. 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 All right. James, who do we have on the podcast? Who the fuck do we have on the podcast today? I don't know. You tell me. We got Jesse Burdick, baby. Nice. So, J Birdie Fitness, is that the name of your studio as well? Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. And it's out of Medford, Massachusetts. And uh, what are you, what's your main goals when you have clients and stuff? What are you guys trying to do over there? Um, so, I, I powerlift competitively. So I love when my clients, my ideal client is somebody who also wants to powerlift, but that's just, that's not the goal for everyone. Um, the main goal of my clients that are coming in are typically just trying to get stronger um, in their day-to-day life. And they know I'm going to utilize the big three. So squat, bench, and deadlift. And that's kind of what, how I, how I program all my people. So even if they don't want to compete, they are still kind of training like powerlifters, so it gets their feet wet a little bit. And then I always kind of like put it in their mind. I'm like, maybe, maybe one day you'll compete, but I don't pressure anybody. And right. um, the main goal is is really to get strong. I have my range of clients are from young to 80 years old, 85 God years damn. old. Wow. Um, and we still squat, bench, and deadlift in some form. So that's like, it could be with the kettlebell, it can be with dumbbells. It, it doesn't always have to be barbells. I try to be very um, non-intimidating in terms of, because powerlifting, when you look at it, you're like, holy shit. I was going to is- ask you how, uh, <laughs> what's your strategy? You're like, lift that shit, you old motherfucker. <laughs> or are you like, you I, got this. It depends on the person. <laughs> if, some, if, if I know someone like wants to get strong, like, and they're and they want to compete potentially. I'm I'm a little bit tougher on them. I'm like, all right, like they're like, oh, it feels heavy. I'm like, it's gonna feel fucking heavy. I mean, this is yeah. like it's supposed to. That's the point of powerlifting. It's heavy weight. Um, but when it's somebody who like is a general fitness client, I'm not. Yeah. In general fitness, like they're literally just like trying to, and I and I don't. I mean this very objectively. They're trying to just check the box and be like, I just want to get a workout in for today. Um, I'm not as hard on them as I am about people who are, who are looking to compete. Right. So what, uh, how'd you get started in all this? Did you go to school for it and everything? Like, yes. 
So I went to Becker College in Worcester um, for my undergrad in exercise science. And then from there, I started working in very, I worked in, I mean, now that I'm in my own space, I think I've worked in about 10 different gyms prior to getting this space. But I actually was at Holy Cross for a while as um, an intern. And then I did some stuff with the football team as a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and then I worked at Jaconi's, which I know you know. Nice. In Clinton. Yep. <laughs> that was one of my best jobs. Um, and then from there, I I knew I like working with athletes. I still do. I work with a lot of lacrosse players, actually. Um, but my my passion turned to adults in general fitness and realizing, like, once you're in – I mean, athletes have such a – they're just not consistent. They're, they're going to school. You see them for the summer. And I'm like, you know what? I really want to work with someone from like day one until, you know, they don't need me anymore. And that's when I know, like I did my job, like they can go in a gym and they logistically know their way around the gym. That's what I've always kind of wanted. Um, when I realized I wanted to work with like a general fitness population. And then from there, I started to get into powerlifting when I was I mean, I always strength trained, but like, I didn't even know what powerlifting was. I didn't know it was considered a sport until I was like 20, I'm 31 for reference until I was like 27. And that's when I was like, holy shit, like this is fucking cool. And you can, you can train this on all, all, all my, I can train this on all my clients in various forms. And this is going to keep them healthy for their day to day life. So did you get into lifting weights because you were doing a sport and you're trying to stay strong or did you just get into lifting um, uh, just as general exercise? Um, so I played, actually, James, do you remember the sport? I played in high school. Tennis? Yes. Lacrosse? Yeah. Did you play field hockey too? I, I did for a year. Yeah. Oh my God. Good memory. I got I got a good brain. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Good job! Wow, I played. I played. So we didn't have lacrosse. I don't know if right. lacrosse is a sport. I got mixed. I got lacrosse mixed up with field hockey. Similar, real quick. yeah, similar. Um, I played field, field hockey. hockey. I played, but tennis was my sport, and mm-hmm. I didn't strength train. I well, I lived in a um, growing up a condo complex. A condo Ridgefield Sun, get it? <laughs> Ridgefield Circle. Um, <laughs> It's on the, it's, yeah, basically kind of in Lancaster, Mass. I lived over there too, just through the woods. Yeah, we, yeah, we would. Yeah, we're pretty close. The wood, the woods that we would drink in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Woodland? No. I lived, um, so there was, shit, I actually forgot that street. I lived on JFK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the next street down. Bus, bus seven. Yeah. Yep, bus seven, son. Get it? Damn, you remember your bus number? Yeah. <laughs> when we were in elementary school, it was green bus. bus number. Yeah, seven. Um, yeah, bus seven. Yeah, that's, Shit, bus yeah. seven. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so there was a little gym at the Ridgefield where I grew up, at the condo complex. There was a gym, a pool, basketball court, tennis court. Um, so when I was playing tennis in high school, my dad was like, 
you got to get, you need to be more aggressive. Like you're, you're like, basically he was like saying I was a wuss, but he definitely didn't say wussy. He said something else. Oh, <laughs> bitch. All right. If you're going to be like, fucking the next, the yeah, next like, fucking superstar. Like, you need to play. He's like, so we would play together on the tennis court. And then I, he was like, you need to start going into the gym. And I like had no fucking idea what I was doing, but like that to me is what fucking shaped what I, not to, <laughs> oh, I'm so cool right now. But like what I am today, like I walked into this gym, it was probably close to the size of my studio and it's like a hotel gym. There was um, like a treadmill, an elliptical, there was a couple of dumbbells and there was this like super old Nautilus machine, which is like all the fixed weights. It's like a oh, yeah. machine. <clears throat> yeah. And I would just like go down there for like, I was always grounded in high school. So like my parents would be like, well, you can go to the gym. So I would like always do shit in the gym and I, I got stronger for tennis doing that, just like even not knowing what I was doing, but just doing something, some type of conditioning. So something like extra. And then when I got to college, I played tennis. Um, and even it, I was, I, I was playing at a division three school. I actually went to Nichols college and then transferred to Becker in Worcester. And they don't really enforce that you do a strength and conditioning program as a division three athlete or it just is like really behind the times like and this was again I mean I went to I was in college in 2008 so um I just always did it myself and I would go to like a gold's gym which is how I like understood what bodybuilding was when I was a little bit younger and um that's kind of how I got started and then I just met people along the way and realized that like I needed to actually do strength and conditioning to get better at tennis um so I was doing that pretty much throughout college and, oh, after. and here you are getting people <laughs> jacked <laughs> pretty sick. I, I, someday i hope to be jacked so um you you went to college obviously for uh you know ex, uh, exercise physiology or whatever right or yeah ex, yeah yeah yep. and um going into college did you know that that's what you were going for like, was that your first major or do you switch around a lot? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually went to college thinking, so I went to Nichols knowing I was going to transfer, which was a business school. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted like the college experience my first year, right. and, which course. is <laughs> makes me so mad because I think back and I'm like, fuck, I could have went to Quinzig. Oh, yeah, dude, everybody. I know I could have done the same fucking shit. Yeah. Where'd you go? James? I went to Fitchburg State, which right. is still pretty cheap. But if I did all my undergrad stuff at like Quinsig and then transferred over later, Dude, so much know. easier, so, so much cheaper. I went so much cheaper. So I went to like a really nice school my first year to like get the college experience, and my parents were like on board with that because they wanted they wanted me to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I knew going in, I was going to transfer after a year and go to a school for exercise science. I knew. Um, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but when I went to Becker, I actually thought, well, I knew I wanted to do something with athletes and I thought I was going to be an athletic trainer, which an athletic trainer is, this is what I thought I was going to school for. I actually went to Becker thinking I was going for something else and then ended up just staying. Um, athletic trainers are when like a, some, a person hurts themselves on the field or like whatever, and then that per- the first responder runs out, like tapes the ankle, or yeah. what? Like somebody has like a dehydration issue on whatever. So that's what I thought I was going to school for, 
And then I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting in class. This was after I transferred. And they were like basically explaining, we were in class explaining what the program was going to be for the next three years. Because that's usually your sophomore years when you start like going. Diving in. Yeah, you're doing the classes that you're made. Like you kind of get all the prereqs out of the way. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, this is not. (laughs) I'm like in the class. And I'm like, well, maybe this is what I'll do. (laughs) <laughs> and, then I, and then I fucking stayed I was like fuck it I retransferred whatever and um, it ended up being fine an athletic trainer is actually something I would not want to do now so I'm I'm happy that I really fucked up and then it yeah. ended up being a good decision right that's right <laughs> god damn yeah it just goes to show like how clueless we are when we're trying to go to college and like oh for sure i think i'm doing this thing and we've talked about this in the podcast before like how so many people in our age range have changed careers or like they thought they were going into one thing and then it led them down the path you know i started off as an engineer and now i'm brewing beer you know it's like right it's crazy to try to make the decision i I think about this all the time because i still train kids who are in high school Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, how the fuck do you know what you want to do? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know me yet. I'm I'm 31 years old. I don't even fucking know what I want to do yet. I I mean, like they're, when I look at them, I'm like, you're a literal baby and you're, Mm -hmm. you're deciding on, you know, what you want to do. And, you know, kids are more, I don't know. But Gen X is like more sure of themselves than we were. I think. <laughs> I don't know. They're so confident. I'm like, I fucking wish I was as con- ha- I wish I had half the confidence that you do now yeah. oh, when yeah. they're 18 years old. Yeah, but they. Um, I don't know any Gen Xers. I don't know. If, I don't know. It's not in my field, but I can I see how you would know people. I do know some. Yeah, I will say that. That well, open TikTok. It's all Gen X. Oh, okay. I don't have TikTok, but maybe, maybe I'll get one. Yeah, no. James, you should become a TikTok star. I don't want to get too big, though. You know, I got like I got like responsibilities and shit. If I blow up on TikTok, you don't want to do with all that money. Yeah, I don't got time for that shit. You don't got time. Yeah, uh, I mean, anyone can be famous on TikTok, but it's definitely like a, a Gen X thing. But they're, um, yeah, I don't know. I think this all the time. Like, I think our system in terms of like picking what we want to do when we're 18. I mean, I remember my mom and I standing in my kitchen and she's like, well, you like to work out. Why don't you just go to school for that? And I'm like, all right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally how I decided. I mean, so I, I don't know what kids, I don't, I don't know how people decide that. And I I think I'm one, to be honest, out of all my friends, um, that I went to, you know, that I graduated from high school and college I'm probably yeah. I'm probably one of the only ones doing what I went to school for technically, even right. though I feel like I'm not using my degree, but essentially I guess I am. Mm. For sure. No, I get it. Yeah, I was like talking to my dad and he's like, Well, you like drinking in the woods, so why don't you <laughs> do something in forestry? I'm like, Okay, I'll just go do stuff in woods. <laughs> so yeah. then that's what I did. <laughs> well, that's what Rick wanted to do too. Our friend. Yeah, Rick. We actually went to when we we were taking environmental science in mm-hmm. senior year in high school with uh, one of our teachers, and then he was like, "Why don't you guys go to college for environmental sciences?" And I was like, "Okay." Wasn't it and like Trinity or something? Um, no, what's our school? teacher? No, the school that you guys were gonna that I felt like you guys were gonna go to school 
Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I had a kind of a set plan to go to Fitchburg State. My mom uh, was a lump was an alum there. Oh. Okay. And uh, it was like close. I could drive there and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of built my major there. There wasn't a lot of uh, environmental science people there, so I was able to like build a major while I was going. But that's what I do now. You know, I'm an who's, arborist for our town. Who was the environmental science teacher? Colombo. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote me my uh, college recommendation is that what you call it colombo mr colombo yeah he's a good guy he was fucking smart as hell yeah he's a good guy we had good teachers hindsight yeah you know looking back but um so okay anybody have any serious questions before i start diving into some real questions well yeah i mean i've got another like (laughs) follow-up question kind of going into now you have your own business right Mm -hmm. like so at what point did you decide that you wanted to actually go out on your own rather than work for other gyms? Um, I didn't. I was <laughs> I was forced. No, I you know it's funny. I actually really didn't want to. The hmm. um the pandemic is actually so this is pretty current. Yeah. So Okay, yeah. The the pandemic forced me and it was it truly was I think in the pandemic and I think you guys can agree there's people who like unfortunately were completely crushed and then there was people who you know kind of made the best of their situation and somehow you know thrived and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I necessarily thrived but I was somehow set up where I got this space so the gym I so I've worked in various gyms um the gym I was last at was in Somerville and I won't even say, I'm not going to say where it was. It wasn't the best parting, but the, um, <laughs> the guy, the owner, which gym owners fucking suck, dude. I mean, they all, <laughs> they all suck. And I, it's why I've never wanted to be a gym owner. Uh, um, and that's why I kind of want my business to be more of like, I, I don't even know. Like I, I'm a, I have a brick and mortar, mortar but I don't want to be considered like a gym. It's hard, okay. hard to explain. Well, I- it seems like you do more one-on-one training, right? Yeah. The co- so you do it like a client base and you kind of have like, you know, you custom make their regiments for them based yeah. on their goals mm-hmm. and you're doing more one-on-one interactions, right? Well, was that something that came out of COVID though too and like yeah. keeping people separate and all that kind of? Yes. So exactly. So I was working at this one gym. Um, I mean, uh, as a on a personal personal note, things were starting to get rocky towards COVID. Um, so I was kind of thinking about um, doing something complete. I mean, it was starting to wear on me so much where I was like, you know what? I don't even want to fucking do this anymore. I don't mm. want to be a trainer. Um, the hours like are really awful because people um, work out early in the morning or late at night. And yeah. You know, you have to be flexible to that. So my days were like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, not every day, but, you know, three or four days a week. And I, I work right. Saturdays, like always, um, yeah. which is fine. I mean, I don't care really so much about that. But things were starting to be rocky. And I was looking for a different avenue. I was like, okay, should I, like, turn my business into, like, an online – Jay Fitness actually has been um, – my my own online where I was just like kind of give like online forum sort of thing where I was giving people programs or a platform yeah. you could say um prior to 
this other gym that I got let go from. So the pandemic hit and the owner was just being like, I mean, I, I think about it all the time. Cause I'm like, was I being like insensitive? Cause it was a pandemic or something. But I wasn't, he was being fucking sketchy. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't me. This is not like for once I'm not blaming myself. This is this guy. Right. Right. And he basically was paying me, but like pennies, pennies to what I was making. Um, which was fine. Like, I didn't even expect anything. I actually think nothing would have been better. I was kind of offended with the amount of money that he was giving me. To be yeah. totally honest, he's like, "Here's four dollars. Go get yeah. yourself a McChicken." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. And I was, and I at that point, so I was a 10.99 there, which is, um, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but I was a private yeah. contractor, so I actually mm-hmm. wasn't an employee there, but I was en route to becoming the manager because he was opening up a gym in California and I was the number one trainer there. And so I was going to be the manager of this gym um, in California or at the here, one here. here. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the opportunity was there in California, but I actually used to live there and I was all set. So I was going to just stay, stay here, mm-hmm. stay in Boston. And um, so I was like, that's cool. Like I'm going to stay on for a little while cause he's not going to be here all the time. So that's kind of why I stayed. Um, so then the pandemic hit that those California plans got washed away, unfortunately for them. And, um, I had built up a powerlifting client base there and he was still charging them all my powerlifting clients full price. And I wasn't seeing any of that money. So it was really fucking mm. weird. Mm, um, yeah. and so basically I, I called him one day and I was like, Hey, this is, I don't know what's going on, but like, I think you need to stop charging them. And he's like, Oh yeah, it was a mistake, whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. So a month goes by, uh, this room that I'm in used to be another business that closed down. And my roommate who leases this whole building, the building that Jay Birdie fitness is in, um, she's an art, she owns an architecture firm. And she's like, why don't you just put your shit in here? And like, take some clients so you can start making money. And I was like, yeah, like I, I'm like, I really don't know if this is what I, I don't really want to open up my own space. I don't know if this is what I want to do. And she's like, well, you need to start making money. So you need to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you need to make money though. Like, you need to afford rent. I mean, yeah, so I sent out this big email again. I'm a 1099 at this other gym Yeah, in Somerville. I sent out this big email, 100% not hiding what I was doing. I wasn't trying to be sketchy. And I said, hey, I'm I'm going to start taking clients here. Let me know if you want to train. Because at the time, this was back in um, June, a lot of gyms were still in phase. I don't fucking remember the phases anymore. But you mm-hmm. could only do one-on-ones. So gyms were not open. You couldn't like yep. just go into a gym and train. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is actually good. I can make some extra money. Um, people feel safe, like in a one-on-one setting, obviously we're wearing masks and whatever. And, um, I fucking blew up. Like I, everyone wanted to train because they couldn't get into regular gyms. And my, my, the gym caught on that I was working at and he called me and he let me go. And I go, okay, (laughs) I guess Jay Birdie Fitness is going to be an LLC. And so I made There you go. So that's how it started. I wasn't necessarily planning. And then, um, I don't know, four months down the line, I was like, I'm making, I'm making more money. I don't have to pay um, the gym that any gym that I'm working at, like you technically paid the owner to like take clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I was like, I'm making more money. Like I'm doing what I want to do. I don't get in this room before 7 a.m. Like I don't do 6 a.m. Right. anymore, you know. Yeah, you make your own schedule. I make my own schedule for the most part. And I um, also have a really big Zoom following. So um, during the pandemic, a lot of people wanted to do Zoom fitness. And Boston Magazine actually somehow caught on and I got <laughs> – I was voted um, Boston's best of virtual fitness in 2020. For there the, you go. That's Damn. awesome. Get it. For the Zoom <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm, I have like the thingy up there. Um, <laughs> the like thing that you see like in the door. I'm like, what do I, I don't really have a door. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so every, I wouldn't say like, I didn't necessarily want to go out on my own, but I never wanted, I never thought and maybe that's my self-limiting beliefs. I never thought that I was going to be in my own studio space. And now I can't imagine going back ever to work for right. someone else. And then the opportunity for a bigger space opened up and I jumped on it. For sure. Nice. We sick. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully as vaccines come out and all this, these restrictions get lifted, you can actually have more than one-on-ones and expand the business right. a little bit. And now you have your following. You can just, now everyone can come in and be, it'll be sick. Yeah. I mean, people, so even if people don't want to work with me one-on-one, um, but they want like a barbell, cause you just can't, I mean, people aren't comfortable going into gyms and they're like, I haven't deadlifted or squatted or bench pressed since February of last year. Can I come mm-hmm. in with your stuff? So I charge, I do open gym, um, mm-hmm. but that is contingent upon my schedule. So now that I have a bigger space, I'll actually be able to still do like one, the, within like COVID restriction type of thing, I'll still right. be able to do one-on-ones while someone's like working out. Oh, um, nice. For open gym. So, so, um, yeah, are this, you going to have this back room too? The one no, you're in now? N- no, unfortunately. No. I'm, I'm going to Because that'd be it. sweet. I'm going to miss it, to be honest. I, um, <laughs> I, the, whenever I go out into the big space and I, I'm actually getting a couple of walls built to yeah. set my space off. And whenever I walk out in there, I'm like, this is so like, I feel so vulnerable. It's so big. Um, <laughs> this room is like small and warm and cozy. And, um, I definitely, am, it's weird. Like just, I was just saying this yesterday. It's like one of those things that like, I don't get really excited about things until like things are going and like I'm like in a schedule and everything's like clicking. I'm like, right. I'm going to suck at first. Like just <laughs> opening here, but then it ended up being awesome. I mean, the best yeah. thing that could ever happen to me. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I have some questions. I'm trying to. Are you getting into the whole deadlift 800 pounds? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Before we <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. Let's not go crazy. Before we get in there, we got more. Court. I don't know. I, I kind of want to, uh, if you don't mind, um, maybe talk a little bit more about like. I, I was curious when you were working for some of those other gyms. Um, you said you came from like ten other different mm-hmm. gyms that you contracted from. Um, like, I was always curious, kind of what the the what that was like on the inside in terms of like how you're acquiring clients contracts and Mm -hmm. like sort of that, what was that general population like that you were working with? Um, well, so every gym has a different model, but there's probably only like three or four models that gyms follow. So you're either in the, um, sales. So 
there was one, my first gym was sales, meaning like, it's just me really figuring out how many clients that I want to get. And I get paid, paid per client. And I have to do all the work. I forget the name of that model, because it's actually been a while. But that's just basically like, um, if you're a commission based type thing. Say that again. Is it like commission type? Like you? Yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One, yeah. So uh, that would be like Boston Sports Club. Um, gotcha. I worked at a gym kind of like that, Shrewsbury Racket, Shrewsbury Health and Racket Club um, in Shrewsbury, Mass, where um, my pay was contingent upon how many clients that I saw. I was, I was just graduated from college. I had no, I couldn't even do a push up at the time. I didn't, wow. I didn't know what it truly like what a deadlift was outside of like a kettlebell deadlift. Um, so I really didn't do well <laughs> there. And <laughs> um, I didn't, and this is what's kind of sad about the fitness industry is there's no, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically you don't, you don't need a college degree. You, you, it's, it's, there's no, um, trajectory. Like you start here, you end here. Like this is how it is. It's basically like who, you know, and how many years, like, have you been doing it? So somebody who just starts out, it's yeah, it's just like every fucking thing else. It's so bullshit. It's everything. (laughs) Why'd I go to school? (laughs) It, It was pretty, you know, so that was like, it was an okay start. I mean, I, I didn't do really well there. So that's like one style. And that's, that was my first, um, that was my first experience. I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like I, I'm not a salesperson at all. And I was 22. Like I had no, now I feel like I could probably do it, but like I had no confidence in my abilities at the time. I had no experience. Um, I mean, I remember first, my first client was there and I demoed a push up, literally, like I said, and I like fell on my face and I was like, I don't know how I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> I can't even do a push up. So, um, yeah, that was, it. there's just no, you know, you, when you start in a place like that, like they don't really care so much about personal training, especially if it's a racket club because they're making their money, um, right. elsewhere. So yeah. the, this other model I worked in, um, it, this one, so the reason why I'm out in Boston, um, this gym, uh, this big gym. So it's kind of like there's three or four, uh, meccas of strength and conditioning in Massachusetts. There's, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of these, but there's Cressy Sports Performance. It's in Hudson, Mass. Um, there's Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning, which is in Woburn. Um, and then there's a couple others and then there's Champion, uh, PT and Performance, which is, uh, a physical therapy it's a big physical therapy place for baseball players. And then there's a big gym attached to it. And I knew a couple people and I, I landed a job there and that's in Waltham. And their, uh, their model is they paid me a salary and I had to just basically stand on a floor and like administer programs. Like we would like write their programs ahead of time. So for me, the that model didn't really do i mean i've also been fired from a lot of jobs that's a side note i'm, <laughs> a, I'm not a good employee 
Uh, <laughs> well, good you have your own business. Right. Yeah. Don't fire yourself. Yeah. I've been fired four times in my life. Like, major yeah. So this job I'm talking about, I got fired from because I didn't, there was just like no hustle. So like, I don't necessarily like the sales aspect, but I don't like the, the fact I was getting paid a salary, but I had all this work I had to do for like, what? Like there was, right. so I would like have to write all these programs and then I would like wake up 5 a.m. and be on the floor when people would just basically come in. So it wasn't a one-on-one setting. They would just come in. You had to have an appointment and they would start to train. That's a small group. That's a small group model. Um, a lot of gyms try to follow the small group model because that's the most profitable. And basically, like, I would just stand on the floor. They'd be like, what's a Bulgarian split squat? And I would like, be like, oh, okay, I'll show you. <laughs> that was like the extent. So I was really unhappy there. I got fired. And then uh, the other place I worked at, the gym that I also got let go from a couple years later, but because <laughs> of COVID, um, that model was the best one. So I was a 1099. I basically picked my own hours. I, I had already a steady um, stream of clients because I had already, I'd been in the area for a little while. Um it was, so my the gym didn't care about my sales. I just had to pay him. So that's the other model is your private, your subcontractor for the gym. Right. Um, they don't care about your revenue. They just care about when you're in there, are you paying them? And I think that um, in terms of flexibility and if you want to be a personal trainer, that that is the way to go. Um, so that's essentially, those are the, those are what I've done. And I didn't fit into any of those models until the 10th gym I worked at, to be honest. So how did you learn to do all the different exercise moves like deadlifting and Bulgarian split squats and all that stuff? Were you doing research on the side? Cause you said in that first job, you couldn't even do a push up. <laughs> so how did, how did that build from, you know, falling <laughs> well, on your that, face during a push up into the Bulgarian split, split squat there? <laughs> well, it was eye opening when I graduated from college and I like, didn't, I, I mean, you're, it's just not practical when you're in college. Like you do have some labs, but like, we didn't really like learn. I mean, I learned like the science behind programming and periodization and like how to program an athlete. But like mm-hmm. personally, I didn't like know what things were. So hmm. um, I, when I graduated, um, that's when I was, I actually interned more after I graduated to learn things unpaid, um, Holy Cross for a while. And then I ended up getting paid for work that I did there. And then um, I became members. At, oh, well, then a- actually after I graduated, there was a um, a, a lot of trainers do cer- a, just different certifications depending on your niche. So if you're like, or your interests, I guess I should say. So yeah. I did a lot of like functional training certifications and workshops and seminars. Um, I paid a lot on continuing education and I felt like that was actually more valuable, unfortunately, than my four-year science degree um, because it was a little bit more practical to what I was doing at the time. And I learned, um, yeah, you would just learn, like, the basics, like, really, like, to train a gen- – not not an athlete, but, like, a general fitness client. So I would apply it to myself. Like, you need some type of bilateral squat. So, like, a back squat, a goblet squat – 
something, you need a push, push up. So that's why I start <laughs> doing more push ups, a pull, like a one arm row or pull up, um, some type of core, a metabolic piece. So I would always, anytime I went to the gym, like knowing that framework, which is something I learned, like, unfortunately, like after college, um, is that's like, I, so I started to build upon that. And then I became members at different gyms. So I did, I did CrossFit, um, right after college and everything in my head was like to, to get better at what I was doing. It wasn't for me, but it was for like, how can I be a better coach knowing, um, different, the different styles. So I did CrossFit for a while. I went to this functional training gym in Worcester, which where I learned, I learned a lot. That was a big, um, big general fitness for adults where like people were like pushing pretty heavy weight. And it kind of like was the first time I saw like a 40 year old woman, like doing pull-ups and like, <laughs> squat, like squatting. And I was like, Holy shit. Like this is pot. This is possible. Mm. Um, yeah. And I just became, I just became members at different gyms to kind of like, I don't know, research and take into tally like what I needed to do. And then I came across um, this guy who I met who was who was working at a gym in Hudson. I mentioned it prior. It's Cressy Sports Performance. And he's like, you should just try powerlifting. I had no idea what it was. And I went to I, I had a crush on this guy and I was like, okay, I'll do <laughs> whatever you say, sir. <laughs> and I was like, sure, whatever. Like I'll try it. And he's like, yeah, I think you'd be good. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Powerlifting. I know all about that shit. Yeah. yeah let's totally yeah. do it. Bro. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever. So I show up, um, I showed up to that other gym. It happened. I mean, I'm lucky. I lived in Clinton. Hudson's like a, a two towns over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this gym is like, I mean, you type like Google Air Cressy or um, Cressy Sports Performance CSP, and it's just a big mecca of strength and conditioning. Like they're they're some of the first people to start posting about um, Bulgarian split squats, why that's good, why doing you know different volumes and intensities in season, out of season is good. Like very practical things that um, I started to learn from them. <laughs> And when I started powerlifting there, um, I learned a lot too. And I learned what powerlifting was <laughs> as I was doing it. So um, I don't know what question you asked me, but I hope that answered. <laughs> no, that, that's really cool. I, I like your approach of, well, let me see what all these other people are doing. And now like all that experience that you've gained, you can apply to your clients in your business because you've experienced it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, that's really um, one of those things, like when you're comparing your college education to the practical applications of real world, right. and you have to, if you want to be in an industry or if you want to do something, you need to jump in because you can sit there and pour through books and learn all the theory and all that stuff as much as you want, but you don't really know until you're doing it and experiencing it yourself for sure, right. deep in it which I think is a really good lesson for people to learn if they want to dive into something. Just dive right in, baby. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to mention all those different gyms have their own, like like with CrossFit, it's a lot of circuit training, Olympic lifts. It's a lot more focused on that. Whereas your traditional bodybuilder, it's more like compound lifts with isolation moves and stuff like that. Um, So you really have to, you're really getting a lot of that frankensteining together to sort of hone your own craft and experiencing Mm -hmm. all those different types of 
uh, exercises. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what general fitness is. I mean, people, they don't care what they're doing. If they just feel like they are accomplishing something in the gym, they're feeling strong and they're checking that box. They're like, I did an hour. I did an hour and a half day, like three or four times a week. Um, there is room for like a little bit more specific goals, of course. Um, but once like for me personally, once I've realized that like the general person who's just trying to like get a good workout in and like feel good, they're busy, the busy person, like somebody who has kids or, you know, whatever, like, I'm like, okay, like I, I've learned all these things through the years. Like I put myself through the ringer essentially to learn that, like what these people need and kind of like deliver that and not waste their time on like stupid shit. And like, I mean, CrossFit's great, of course. I mean, it's, it's, people can say all they want about CrossFit. They've built like a huge community. Um, I know that they've had their, they have some issues with the CEO. Aside from that, they, you know, they've built a community. They've like weaned out like the shit that they don't want. They have the shit that they do want. And once you're confident in that and your abilities to like teach people something, um, they're going to flock to you. And that's like kind of what I started. I was like, okay, I know the things that I want to teach people. And I know the things that I don't give a shit about anymore. Um, and they just want to get a good workout. Like there, there was a time I was working at this gym and like their big thing was like mobility. Like you cannot fucking squat, uh, with a barbell on your back until you do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, you know what? This person, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They just want to yeah. work out. And if I, I think very simplistic, I think in very simple terms. And I think that I, I attract those type of people too. Mm. What the hell is a Bulgarian split squat? Do you want me to, <laughs> you want me to show you? Fuck yeah, I want you to show me. Well, it's so it's or it's a rear foot elevated split squat. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know anything. I just know what a squat is. Do any of you guys know that? Rear foot elevated rear. I rear think foot. I think I've done this in. Uh, so I know a traditional split squat. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Split squat would be like. Hold on. I should be used to this with Zoom. This is all I do. Right. So a traditional split squat is that so rear elevated split squat is where you raise your leg on a bench it could be on anything that's elevated but okay you put your foot flat on the elevated surface and then you're going like this so a bulgarian squit split squat is that what that was yeah that's what that was or or then you hold weight or you don't have to hold weight it depends on your level but eventually you you want to add resistance to anything so, What's the thing where you? Oh shit! Never mind, because it's too complicated. Yeah. When when you like say that you like deadlift, right? And you do it between your legs instead of like sumo um, deadlift. What is it called? Sumo deadlift. Su- okay. Is that and that's what? when you? It's where you take a wider stance. Is that when you like uh, fucking have it in between your legs like this, and then you're like? Have are you talking uh, about th- something I've done specifically or other people? No, I've just, I don't know. I've seen it places. I don't know if you've done it or not. I've seen your Snapchat, though. You're like fucking deadlift and shit. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. So the sumo, yeah, sumo is a wider stance. I'm pointing to my deadlift platform I have. So, um, 
Yeah, so it's like a super wide stance, like a sumo wrestler. Yeah. And your hands go in you, your hands go in between your legs. Like Yeah, like one's in the front and one's behind. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, like that. Oh, that's a um Oh, that's called a di- a dimmel deadlift. I don't know. I I how, it looks dangerous. Wait, what is it called? Is it called a dimmy deadlift? Dimmel, D-I-M, dimmel or dimmy deadlift? Okay, because yeah. that comes. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, why? Because okay, so I've been watching this thing, right? Um, it's like the strongman competition stuff, but oh, it's on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. What? And it follows like some of like the four heavy hitter dudes, or a couple of them. I forgot their names. And they go to Scotland and they do the Scotland games where like throw the Highland shit. games, the Highland games. Yeah. 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 And one of them at the end is you have to, cause the guy who did all the Highland games, his name was like something Dinny or Dimmy. Yeah, Din- oh, it's Dinny deadlift. It's D- Dinny deadlift. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is clicking now. This is, this is funny that it's all making sense. <laughs> okay. Good. And the thing, one of the, at the end of the thing, they do the Dinny stones. Yeah. So they have a stone on the front and the back and you... And they lift it up. Yeah, that's a strongman... Uh, uh, strongman competition it's event? A, yeah, it's an event. It's a strongman event, yeah. Well, they have like the original Dinny Stones or Dimmy Stones in Scotland. And they're just like these two fucking giant rocks with like these old ass um, like thing. metal rings to yeah. lift them up with, right? Yeah. And if you lift these up, all you got to do is lift it off the ground. Doesn't matter how high you can, you have to lift it. You just got to lift these motherfuckers up. You get like your name in this book, and it's one's like four hundred and twenty pounds, the other one's like three hundred and seventy-five pounds. You got to lift them up together, both at the same time. At the same time, oh, yeah. Boy. And I want to do that shit, Jesse. So how? <laughs> what do I have to do? Is it possible or is it is it yeah, never going to happen? Yeah, of course that's- Am I too old? I'm 30, so No. Am I too old to be able no. to lift 800 pounds like that? No, actually people uh men and women peak in their like their strengths. The men men peak in their like 30s, women peak in their 40s. So Damn. You're right. Uh, it dip- I mean that could be like contingent upon like if they're like strength or endurance athletes whatever. But yeah. I well, think- I think I'm a power lifter naturally, right? Is that what was in my 23 According me? to your genetics. According yeah. to, to my genetics, genetics, I think yes. I'm a naturally born professional power lifter. So. Is that what it said? Was it a 23 me? Yeah, that's what it said in my 23 me. I, I have the genetics for um, a professional power lifter. So. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm 5'10". How much do you weigh? Yeah. Right now, I'm <laughs> two, 220, I think. It's all muscle too. I'm fucking yeah. ripped. So, <laughs> if you're well, wondering, it's, with powerlifting, it's all about reducing the range of motion. Um, you, it, I have no range of motion motion at all. So that's and, perfect. And perfect. Yeah, it's having good leverages. So like, I'm actually not that good. Like I, I like am strong for like a, a general. Um, like I'm stronger than like somebody who's just like gener- generally working out. But the, like having like, I'm pretty, I'm kind of tall and I have like long legs and long arms. And like, that's like actually not super ideal for somebody who wants to be like a good power lifter. So you might be, you, you, do you have short arms? I don't know, but I fucking lift logs all day at work. Yeah. Like I literally climb trees and hold giant chainsaws. Like, 
I'll like literally hand someone a chainsaw and I'll be like, oh, here you go. And then I'll let go of it. And they're like, oh, fuck, what the hell is wrong with you? I'll be like, here, just take the chainsaw, you little bitch. And I like, so I can lift like, like 50 pounds, just like this straight up, like easy. Like, I'm just like, here you go. That's That's different though from a deadlift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. James, have you ever maxed out your deadlift? I haven't done shit about shit. Okay. No. When you guys were talking, when you guys were all talking to Mikey, what, what's his name? Mike Niedlick. Yeah. Okay. Mike Tango. When you guys were talking- <laughs> yeah, Mikey Tango. <laughs> when you guys were all talking to him, James, I feel like you were like weren't you like in like a fitness bat like I feel like you were like trying to you're like, was what I trying do you to do something? To do to- oh. I was just <laughs> asking him a bunch of vegetable questions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, yeah, yeah. like I eat a lot of chicken and broccoli. <laughs> What what do I have? Am I missing nutrients? And he's like, well, yeah. Like if that's all you. <laughs> he was being really nice. He's like, yeah. Like you need yeah. like, the rainbow. Yeah. But yeah, deadlifting is yeah. I mean, there's all different variations. You're yeah. The the dinny deadlift. Dinny deadlift is that must be what it's called because that's how they were kind of doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's now a- would that be more of a deadlift or would that be more like my legs and trying to because I'm like these things are like right on the ground. All you gotta do is lift them up. Is that gonna be a deadlift or is that gonna be more legs? Well, deadlift is is using your it's- legs. So yeah, a de- okay. Anytime you're anytime, so a deadlift is picking up dead weight off the ground. Okay. So it doesn't okay. matter how it looks. If it's on the ground, you can pick up your backpack off the ground. It's a deadlift. It's, a deadlift. it's not moving. Yeah. You're, you're, it, it can be more light. So that's why there's different variations in a deadlift too because it plays to strengths of different body types and people. So there's close stance, wide stance, narrow, um, heel, like bringing your feet close together, wide, and like some weight in the back, some in the front. Um, it's all it's all deadlifting. Deadlifting is this like big category, and there's a million different variations. Same with um, squat and bench, and that's about it. Those so how things. crazy, how crazy would that be? Like to lift 800 pounds? That's not a common feat, right? Most like dudes who are deadlifting, like. Is that a normal thing in competition when you when you do competition lifting? Yeah, eight hundred is huge. Um, yeah, but it's not it's not unheard of at all. In in so there's so powerlifting is um, you you go and compete. It's there's all different federations. There's like the top federation in the U S. which is USAPL United States mm-hmm. of Powerlifting. I I've seen eight in person. I've seen eight hundred pound deadlifts. Um, it is. It, that's a big. That is a big one. So these yeah. these strong <laughs> these strong men are doing. I mean, it might be different though, because like you're utilizing your posterior chain and the front versus just like a deadlift where everything's like out in front of you. So yeah, this is on your side. Yeah, people might be able to lift a little bit more, and it depends on how high those rocks are. So like, if they're pretty high. Then that's then it's a big deal. I don't know. I feel like like somebody's gonna like come at me and be like, "This is a big deal." It's a big deal probably, but like their the deficit is like it's higher, so they only have to go up like this much. Yeah, all you gotta do do not even as long as you lift it right off the ground, you can put a credit card underneath it. You you win. Oh, you get yeah. it, and then you lift it up. Yeah, I like saw that. dudes like online because I got into it. I was looking at people, and they were like, they weren't ripped, you know. They were like. And they weren't like the muscular fat guys. They were just like that guy was 180 pounds, and he just lifted that. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's actually pretty crazy if you're 180 pounds. But yeah, that's um, yeah. I would say that yeah, that would that's definitely hard. But 
if they're not like doing that like full range of motion like all the way to the ground and bringing it like half like basically like up to their like hip crease i don't think when you when you see the stones if you ever look into it they're probably like two and a half feet tall and even the strongmen who lift it up they're only lifting it up maybe like a foot and a half off the ground maybe like as high as like half their leg and then they're walking or they're trying to walk, but the chains on it too are high, you know, like yeah. there's a little chain on it and then there's like a big metal ring on it too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's still, I'm sure it's very impressive. If you want to train for that, I can, I can definitely help you. Yeah. How far are you from like Lexington? That's pretty close, right? Kind of. Yeah, Medford and Lexington. Is that where you, is that where you work it's, mostly? Yeah. That's where I work. Yeah. Lexington. I, Actually, I trained somebody that works in Lexington too. Which is you cool. did or you do? I did. They worked in Lexington and they lived in Swampscott. So I was like kind of like a halfway point for them. Was it a guy or a girl? I A girl, but I train a lot of guys. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering if I, I don't really know many girls that work in the town. That's all. If it was a guy, oh, like, oh, who the oh, fuck was oh, that? I thought you meant like in terms, oh yeah. So yeah, um, her name was Molly. Okay. I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, cool. Yeah, I want to get jacked. Okay, so I have two goals. <laughs> one of them is that, and the other one is I'm trying to be like Jason Momoa looking by the time Aquaman two comes out because that's what I'm going for. I'm gonna grow up my hair and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be Jason Momoa for Halloween. <laughs> and we've been fucking saying this shit for like I don't know, probably three months now. <laughs> so I'm ready. I want to get chiseled like stupid jacked, but it's only gonna be as a joke. So, <laughs> oh yeah, as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there, you should know ahead of time. Full disclosure: uh, James still lives. His lifestyle is that of a you know a twenty year old college man. Oh right, for sure. But you so, you eat a ton of chicken and broccoli per the episode I listened to. That's not yeah. What I eat chicken. Oh well, I eat chicken broccoli. I also eat like steak. You know, and I eat like, uh, like sort five of, or six Dunkin' Donuts donuts at a time. Well, that was only because I didn't eat <laughs> beefy five layer burritos. Beefy five layer burritos oh for God. sure. Those are so good. Those are so good. <laughs> I could still, I feel like me getting jacked, I could still fit a beefy five layer in at least once a week. Yeah. I won't eat the donuts. The donuts were only, I got two dozen donuts uh, the on February 1st. Because I didn't eat gluten for the whole month. So I was just like, I deserve these. <laughs> Did you lose a lot of weight through the last month? I lost like, not really. I lost like 10 pounds maybe. Oh. That's still pretty good in a month though. Yeah. I guess. I mean, all, uh, not eating gluten. That's fucking. That's so hard. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was just because of the non-alcoholic beers. I couldn't have any of them, but. <laughs> Oh, did you, did you guys do an episode on non-alcoholic beers? We talked about it in our last episode. Yeah. yeah. Do you like them? Oh, they're so fucking good. We've found some better I ones. I mean, the, this one from Athletic Brewing Company. Oh, I've had I've had that one before. I mean, it's... You like it? It hits the spot. It's when you drink as much as we do, you need to find that alternative like just to get through the day, you know. So you're <laughs> like having one or two of these after work, like during a work, like a work week. Yeah, it was enough to like hit that, hit that craving, yeah. and just kind of like, I felt content. You know, I, I didn't really need to have to have a beer. And to be honest, like I'm gonna continue to start utilizing these, like in between regular beers, like on the weekends. 
Yeah. I think yeah. it's great. You're getting, like, fucked up. Actually, I started, I, I love beer too, which is one of the reasons why I, like, really want to be on the podcast because I'm like, oh, this, like, fits my, me, the, the beer, nice. thing, whatever. But, and it's not just because of Kelson. I liked beer before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be clear. I like yeah. Now you were drinking beers with us in high school. I always would. Yeah. I re- oh, my yeah. God. I remember bringing beer. I remember bringing Sam Adams to one of the fires, the barrel, the barrel spot. So and, you were advanced. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and PJ O'Malley was like, who brought, who's rich? Who brought these? <laughs> they're, like we a, drink- they're like a cold snap, like something. Oh, yeah. Something like yeah. that. Which, like, when you're 18 is like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's advanced taste for a uh, a eighteen year old. Definitely, I, I remember when we were we somebody would bring a Sam Adams and we'd be like, "What the hell is this?" It's like, "Oh, this is fucking gross. Yeah. It's so gross." Yeah, I still like, like love Coors Light though, and like High Life. I mean, I have like I love good beers, but like there's times where you're like, I just want to like drink a couple beers and not get like fucked up on. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Because these IPAs now are no joke. They're no joke. Like Natty Ice. We were drinking Natty Ice in high school. And that shit was like, or Steer Reserves. And that was like oh my big God. boy beers Steer Reserve. Then. And we were like, we we're like, oh, I'm looking to get fucked up. I'm getting a six pack of Steel Reserve. Or I was like, I used to Damn. Do the 40s of Steel Reserve. Which yeah, 40s. Fu- yeah. And we get fucked up. But Steel Reserve is only like 6%. Yeah. I'm drinking IPAs now, or like 9, 10%. And I'm like, oh, these are good. And a Steel Reserve would like would be like the most toxic shit I've ever drank when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not. Or what's that other one? They're still reserved. And then it's another 40 ounce. It's like a malt. Oh, there's there's uh, Cobra, Cold 45. Cold 45. Private stock. Uh, P stock. <laughs> God damn. So gross. Yeah, I can't do that shit anymore. Come a long way. Yeah, you know, I'm an educated, mature man now. Yeah. (laughs) I only drink the finer things. (laughs) God damn it. What else? Uh, I had to say something and I fucking forgot because we got lost in beer conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Competition lifting. I want to know a little bit more about what you're doing. Like, I saw, I see your Snapchats all the time and some of them are you just like fucking, you know, deadlifting these fucking weights. And I'm like, damn. And then, like, I want to know more about the competition side of it. And, like, sure. how'd you get into that? And um, are you, like, first place every time now? You're blowing people <laughs> out of the water? <laughs> no, I wish. Um, I have gotten second or – I've gotten – I've placed at local meets. So um, the powerlifting meets are – there's a ton of different federations. My first meet was when I was – this was – I haven't been competing long, 2017 maybe – it was a push pull, which means it was push, just bench, and pull, just deadlift. So um, uh, it's for it's through this federation called RPS, Revolution mm-hmm. Powerlifting. Does anyone know? Did, does anyone know what I'm talking about with RPS or meets or anything? I don't know shit about it. Okay. Uh, like I'm aware they exist. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We, we believe you that you're telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> well, I just it's a small that. knowledge of the sport, nothing <laughs> beyond that. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't know shit about R- it. RPS is like that would be a funny topic, and so I didn't know if anyone knew. It's one. Oh, okay. It's, actually, the guy who created this federation passed away like two years ago, which was really sad. But it's a really good federation to get into when you're um, new. It's like really like I, I can't explain it. it's like this this type of federation is like going to like a rock show 
at like the Palladium in Worcester. Like there was, it's, if anyone's ever done that either. I, I oh yeah. Um, oh, many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the, uh, the Abbey right before every show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, uh, that was my first one. It's like low, low stakes, I guess is what I should say. Um, mm-hmm not super competitive it's really like very an inclusive uh welcoming huh welcoming maybe yes very welcoming um people are serious but like whatever you see like a ton of beginners at that one so at those those rps revolution powerlifting rps systems revolution powerlifting systems meet um and so yeah it was fun um I then met my now powerlifting coach. Um, he actually owns this business, Precision Powerlifting Systems. Um, he uses my space sometimes for some clients. But um, I met him two years after I started powerlifting. And that's what kind of like catapulted me into becoming a lot more serious about the sport of powerlifting and not just doing it kind of recreationally. Um, he basically was like, "Do you want? why are you wasting your time? Do you want to keep doing this? for fun or do you want to get good? Um, and I was like, and, and I think he saw the potential in me to work hard and like, I, I'm a pretty strong, um, uh, but not like, you know, ash, not like show stopping, but he was like, you know, he saw potential in me. Mm. So, um, this, I met him at the gym that I actually just recently left two years ago. And he was like, you should compete in the USAPL United States powerlifting federation. Um, it's, uh, it's accredited by the, um, Olympic committee. So the, what is it? Oh, I always forget what it's called. Um, it's not, it's not an Olympic sport powerlifting Olympic weightlifting is, but the powerlifting powerlifting is trying to become, it's a, I want to say OAC. Are you looking it up? Olympic. Um, oh. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, he'll find you know, it when we're talking. Yeah, USAPL yeah. is uh, is um, it's seen by the Olympics. Okay, so mm-hmm. they you can go to the IPF, which is the International Powerlifting Federation, if you're really good, and those are international meets. And the IPF is in this Olympic committee. I can't think of it's OAC. I can't think of the name. Um, but anyways, so I was like. I'm nowhere near, I mean, nowhere near that. I, I'm not trying to get anyone confused. But if you're, if you're serious, you should probably be in a more serious federation. So I started to um, learn powerlifting within the rules of the USAPL. Um, the rules are when you go to a meet, how, how everyone is judged appropriately and fair. So... Um, my first, my first USAPL meet was November of 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, so you squat three times. So you do a light, medium, heavy squat or whatever, you know, however you want to open. And then your second and then your third. And then you warm up for bench and you have the same thing. So you have your first, second, third. And then you warm up for deadlift, first, second, third. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really long fucking day. It's not a ton of fun. But you have to showcase your strength. So I compete about two times a year. 
Um, and I work really hard. Like I, I train four days a week. I never miss. I don't remember last time I missed a day of training. It's probably been three years aside from Christmas when I had to quarantine before I saw my family, I took a week of training off, but it was scheduled. Um, so, and I hurt my back going into my last powerlifting meet. And I think I took like my coach forced me to take a day four off. And I, so I trained three days. Um, but so basically like when you show up to a meet, you're, um, you have to be there super early, like 6am. It sucks. You weigh in, there's different weight classes. I'm in the 72 kilogram, which is about 157 pounds in kilos. It's in kilos because it's, um, an international. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, you weigh in, I've never had issues. I don't need to cut weight. Um, I don't need to gain weight because I'm not super competitive in my weight class. The 72 kilogram is probably the uh, 63 and 72 are really competitive. So I just like want to be good for myself and like who I was at my last meet. I want to triumph that. Uh, So you show up and you warm up for squats and you have to, you have to do things within the rules. So they give you commands. You have to squat to depth. So that means um, below parallel in your squat. So your hip crease has to be below your knee crease. You have to stand up and you have to wait for the rack command. It's like super nerve wracking. Oh, wow. um, that's crazy. Yeah, that's one squat. That is one. And then you have to <laughs> two more times. Um, and you have spotters and loaders, so you don't have to do any of that. But you just show up to the platform. You have to wear a singlet. Um, you have to have the right kind of belt and the right kind of knee sleeves or they're going to kick you out um, and or you don't wear it and wearing a belt it's still considered um, so there's raw powerlifting and equipped um, raw is minimal equipment and then equipped is where you're which is something I've dabbled in it's um, actually how powerlifting was started and it's where you're wearing um, actually it started with denim like a chest harness or something it's, yes. it looks like a t-shirt with Yes. But it's like extra padded and it's like stiff. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, So that's how powerlifting started technically, um, but it's transformed into raw due to CrossFit actually. Um, So people are like, why do I need to wear all this equipment? Like, so in equipment, you can lift so much more weight, um, but people people have decided over the years that they want to do, they want to see what they can do without the equipment. So you can wear a squat suit, um, and a deadlift suit and a bench shirt. And, um, it's crazy. I, for reference, I can only squat like, like 270 pounds. And then in the suit that I wore, I could squat like probably like 315 or something like that's wild. Yeah. You know, like, what is it, like what's the, what is it about that gear that allows you to be able to take on a heavier load? Um, <laughs> My coach will, when he listens to this, he's going to laugh at me because I'm definitely going to say it wrong. But it's so tight and it has this like, uh, so basically going down the the eccentric portion is harder. So when you're squatting, so typically in a regular raw squat, going down in the um, concentric portion, so as you're coming up is the hard part. Um, Right. This is so tight that like going down is so hard and it brings you back up. Essentially. Mm. Okay. Yeah, he's going to laugh at me, but that's kind of essentially what it is. He competes in equipped. I don't, but um, 
So it's, yeah, I don't, I, the, there's all different kinds of material for that. And it's, it's really interesting. And people, do you guys know um, Louis Simmons or West Side Barbell? I, I saw a doc, that documentary. Yeah. 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 Um, I know. Pretty wild. Yes. It's crazy. crazy. They're, all, they're all equipped there. He doesn't train raw lifters. Louis yeah. does not. Because um, that's technically what powerlifting is. It's uh, a lot of, a lot of like old school dudes like make fun of like raw lifters in the USAPL so much. Yeah. Um, because they're just like, why wouldn't it, the suits are so tight. Like I actually, um, I just wore one for, it was just for squatting and I ended up, it was so tight. It put so much pressure like through your legs and your head. I can't, it's so weird. I can't explain it that I ended up getting a really, really, I went blind and I got this insane migraine and I had to take a week off of work. I'm like, I'm never fucking doing that again. That's wow, like, holy shit. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm also like, I don't know. My coach would make fun of me, but like he, he was like, cause a lot of people can handle it. It, it just was like, it was so tight. It put this like crazy pressure in my head. And when I was done, I like, I literally was like seeing white and I was like, I, I'm not going to do this again ever. Um, yeah. I Plus probably, the pressure of that load. Were you squatting or were you deadlifting? I was squatting. So that's the other thing too. It's like you're putting weight on your back that you cannot squat raw. So raw meaning like just in like some regular knee sleeves and a belt. Um, yeah. So it's like the added, like putting that on your back is this like crazy adrenaline rush because you're like, I've only ever done like whatever, 260 or 270. And I have like over 300 pounds on my back or for some people it's like, you know, four or 500 or 600 pounds on their back. And it's, it's just this like crazy feeling. Yeah. It sounds like, scary. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's scary. But you yeah. see them coming up and they've got like bloody noses or they're like, they pass out mid lift just yeah. from that, just that heavy load. And just, I don't know if that's a cutoff of circulation with the tight suit or anything, but yeah, it's your, I'm afraid, I'm afraid like when I squat, I'm not squatting like anything crazy. I'll just, I'd rather do like a shitload of reps because I feel like my knees are just going to fucking just buckle. It's and I'm just going to pop both my knees out of their sockets. I'm going to be in my well, gym alone form. screaming. You just got to it's no, comfortable with the form. Yeah, yeah. It abs oh. that absolutely won't happen. And <laughs> if you just, yeah, a lot of people, I have a lot of people that come to me and they're like, well, this hurts my knees. And I just change their position and I widen their stance. If you, if you squat, exactly, like it's all form. So like a lot of people squat like really narrow stance and they're like just jetting their knees forward. I'm like, well, what the, of course this is going to hurt your knees. Like you're it's probably what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so far, what'd you say? It's probably what I'm doing. Yeah, you need to probably really far forward. You're not sitting. Yeah. So a back squat is like for your ass and your hamstrings, your low back and your quads. So you're not like actually utilizing anything but your quads. So that's why your knees hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I I don't know how we got on that to this topic. That, I think that's so crazy. The equipped lifting, yeah. how you're saying that the old school guys like oh, yeah. look at the people that are doing it without. Usually, yeah, right? it's the other way around, right? It's like if you're yeah. using some kind of equipment, you're like, oh, you're what the hell? Yeah, you're cheating. Yeah. Normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, think, um, I think historically that that makes sense. I think for some reason, like, so powerlifting was created 
with like wearing a, it. So think the it started idea, with the equipment. It didn't start without the equipment. Exactly, which is so. Yeah. We, I know it seems like backwards, but the mm-hmm. thing about powerlifting, and this is what I sometimes think about too, which is why I'm like, should I like just compete equipped? Like the thing about powerlifting is like you need to lift the most weight for one rep. So the old school guys are like, why would I want to do any less than what I can do with this equipment? Like, that's the point of the sport is like mm. your most actual effort max for that one rep versus mm-hmm. like can you, when you can do it raw. So I think I think that's where like that comes in. But um, it is funny, like, and it's it's more like considered like hard equipped is like considered like hardcore because it's like everything like hurts the whole time like (laughs) none of it feels good like it's this it's this huge adrenaline rush that is like something you never thought possible Mm. possible because of the equipment wow yeah Um, do you do you train with any um like resistance bands chains like anything sort of um accommodating yeah yeah yes i do so um, yeah, our coach does that a lot. So that actually helps you recover. Um, so you're not just like hitting max loads all the time. So the accommodating resistance will change. So like, it will be like, um, with bands, it gets heavier as you go so that you're not lifting like absolute weight. So your body can actually recover because the intensity is still there with the bands. Um, and it's not the actual weight on the bar. And then it's the same with the chain. So as you're, um, if you're deadlifting with chains on the ground, it's heavier. Actually, I think I have a video uh, on my Instagram pretty recent of me deadlifting with chains. So it's heavier at the bottom and it gets lighter as you come up. Um, and that helps work. That helps you work for your positioning off the floor. I thought that was opposite. Huh? Wouldn't that be opposite? Have you? I've seen those things, right? When you hang the chains on your on your barbell. I actually saw that video that you posted the other day, and I was going to ask that question because I've never actually seen that before. Yeah. What chain? The, the on? chain thing. Yeah. 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 It gets yeah. lighter as you lift it up, huh? or heavier. It gets heavier when you lift it up, right? No. Because so then, like, as it touches the ground, the weight's off of it. Yeah. So as you're wait, how did I say it? So as you're lifting <laughs> it up, well, it changes. So as you're lifting it up, it slowly gets heavier, right? So when you're lifting it off the ground, it starts to get, so it straightens out. So as you're coming up, it starts to get, it's not like lighter necessarily, but the weight just distribution is different. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I how does, how does training it. with the chains and the bands and all that stuff, how does that, uh, is that used to improve your performance? Like if you hit a plateau and you're trying to, like increase your load more like how did what why does that play into it what's the benefits yeah so um it's a way to not always be hitting absolute weight all the time and like killing yourself so a lot and it's working on different positions that you're typically weak at so um with now i'm i'm not confused i just can't think straight so with resistance bands as you're coming up let's say you're squatting yeah. And you have resistance bands on the bar. As you're coming up, it's getting heavier. So you're starting like in a at the, in the bottom position, like it's a regular squat, and you're going up, so it's getting heavier. So it works on different sticking points where like people typically fail the 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 rep. So okay. that's what accommodating resistance is. So it's essentially working on 
put working on positions that you're weak at without adding the absolute load onto the bar. So my coach utilizes it for that. So if I, for instance, like when I'm squatting to depth and I'm coming out of the hole, so my, um, let's say I'm, so depth is when your hips are below your knees and you're coming out of the hole. So with the resistance bands on the bar, you're, when you're in the hole, they're not doing anything because they're completely, they're just like, hanging out on the bar they're not there's, there's no there's no tension there's no tension and, and then as as you lift up the tension increases as you're lifting the, the higher you up. climb yeah right yeah. so what that does is it gradually increases so different parts of that lift get harder for the lifter so that it's work you have to work on pushing through that uncomfortable position so the weight is heavy but it's not impossible so that you can work on that. And that's how he u- utilizes that for us. Um, and it also, it also works on um, just adding different variability to your training. So a lot of, a lot of times that people, they just do squat bench and deadlift, which is like, that's the sport. So like you, you obviously have to do those lifts to be good at it, but like you can't just always max out and you can't just always do your competition. So we have things called competition stances and I can't always just do my competition stance all the time because I'm going to get burnt out. So we utilize that in variability for our training so that it's not the same and we're not doing always like heavy, heavy weight, but the effort is still going to be there for us. If that makes sense. Yeah. And isn't it like if you max out, like when you max out a, a lift, it basically taxes your central nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. And and it takes a little bit to recover from that. So if you're not if you're trying not to miss any sort of training days and you're sticking to a regimen or a schedule, maxing out every single time would be fucking impossible. I mean, yeah. So it takes it takes um from a max squat, it can take up to seventy two hours to recover from. Um, so if we're not necessarily maxing out on, I usually do a max out squat on day one. Um, but then like opposing weeks, I'll do reps. So like if he, if my coach still wants me to be, um, the effort still there almost as if I did a max effort squat, but not, um, not actually doing one, but my effort is still high on day on that day. So like I didn't do a max out, but I did a four by three, um, squat, like safety bar squat or a squat with resistance bands for 75% of my one rep max, I'm still getting the effort without having to max out because yeah, no one can, you can't sustain that. I mean, I train four days a week. I would have no recovery time between sessions if I was always maxing out. But on the other side of that, a lot of people don't max out as often as they, they physically could. And that's Mm. where I actually, with my powerlifting clients, I try to change the narrative a little bit and I try to get them to lift a little bit heavier. Um, cause they're like, Oh, I shouldn't do this. I have like a big day tomorrow. And I'm like, you can do it. You're fine. Like <laughs> you, you get pull- stuck on the toilet tomorrow. Yeah. Just call me up. I'll help you. <laughs> it's not my fault is what I tell them. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask you next. Um, so my girlfriend's a serial killer and she, um, thrives on leg day. How are you also a serial killer? Do you enjoy leg day? <laughs> I fucking hate leg day. I dread it. I plan my leg days on Fridays. So I know that I don't have to go to work Saturday or Sunday. Well, when do you feel like you're, would you feel like you're most fresh on a Friday or more, more fresh on a Monday or Tuesday? I'm fresh every day. I don't know. 
I work out seven days a week You're since <laughs> since February first. <laughs> I've been working out seven days a week. So I mean, that's no, a lot. But I, you know that's a lot. When you told me that last weekend, I was like, yeah. in my Jeez. head, I'm like, oh, I'll probably say this on the the podcast, but you definitely need like one rest day. That's what killed me. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk well, about you, it more on our other lifting podcast. every day, though. No, I wasn't. You were and some of lifting. your exercises were like like a lighter jog or a walk. <clears> yeah, or some of them like on my rest days that I should have had a rest day. I was literally just like jogging on a treadmill. Oh yeah, and I could yeah, yeah you know that's what yeah on my rest day I walked. Yeah, I don't do like a, a quintessential leg day. Yeah, I figured. Um, I mean, I used to. And I mean, it's beneficial to kind of like completely tax out your lower body, but I've, I've discovered with powerlifting that it's, you can, I kind of train with my clients, like total body, so that they're like, if somebody dreads coming to me, I'm like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing my job. I can, I think total body <laughs> general clients is probably, I mean, I, I, like, do, I do emphasis on lower body. Like if we have a squat day, like yeah, you're going to be fucking tired. Your lower body is going to be tired the next day. Um, but yeah, pull out leg days. Like, I, no, I'm not like, I couldn't do that either. That's yeah. like not my jam. I used when she I loves like, that shit. when I turned more like bodybuilding style, I used to like dread like specific. Um, so that it's called like split, like it's like split working or, um, uh, I, can't, I, I don't even remember the name. Like, you, know, you just do split workouts, like upper, lower. Cool. Yeah, push, pull. Yeah. Type thing, yeah. Yeah, it's not really, not really how I train people anymore, only because I don't want them to be like, I don't want them to have to take like two or three days off between, between right. sessions. <laughs> That's because I want how, them to be coming back. One of my last questions that I have is figuring out my rep max. Yeah. Because I haven't done that, but I, now that I'm lifting more, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get a little more serious, and I'm learning. I need to figure that out. You help me figure that shit out. Like, yeah. For yeah. what? Your one rep max for like um, squatting, benching, and you know, um, deadlifting. Deadlifting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to figure out. I looked it up on YouTube a few times, and I was like, I was doing the math, but. Perfect. That's what I yeah. love when my clients are like, I saw this on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this what I should be doing? And I'm like, no, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, your I got like a bunch of bungee cords wrapped up on my barbell and then I have it strapped to my car and I put my car in neutral and then I try to bench it. And as my car rolls down the hill, I try to force my way to force it back before it goes down the hill. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's how you do it. Cool. That's what I figured. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I don't, what are you guys got any questions anything else um i think we hit everything on my notes that i yeah that i had jesse where can we find you what's your social media shit let us know let the people know um i <laughs> i am most active on instagram um just j birdie j b u r d i e um i have a website j fitness.com and that's it what about what about your business my, oh, where they can actually find me in person. Yeah, if they yeah. want to be your client. Yeah, so I'm in Medford. I'm technically Ball Square, Somerville. I mean, it's like right on the line. Um, Medford, Massachusetts. And if you're watching now, if you're or you're listening to this now, hopefully I'm going to be in my new space by the time this airs. 
Um, so yeah. I'll be able to have the capacity to take on a lot more clients. And even if you're not sure you want to powerlift and you just want to come and see the, the gym, um, that's definitely going to be possible in a month from now. So I'm cool. very excited. I'm definitely going to reach out to you after the podcast and maybe we can get like a one day a week session. Yeah, you. I mean, you can even, I train, you train with Gina. I train a lot of couples and they fight. So I just need... I need no, to- I refuse to train with Gina. Nope, I do not. I go to a gym at work and she works out in our gym at the house. And even when we are on the weekends, she's like, you want to go work out with me? I'm like, hell no, I'm not working out with you. She's like, you got to try out this workout. I'm like, no, you do your thing. And then when you leave the room, I'll go and do my thing. We also have different tastes in music. She's more of like heavy metal when she lifts. And I'm more of like a different genre. I like bluegrass and, you know. <laughs> Yeah, couples, it's so funny. It's like, it's always, um, it's a weird dynamic where I think, I think when they're going into it, they're like, oh, this is going to bring us closer together. Hell no. It's going to be like, you know, I'm going to see my wife or girlfriend or husband or partner do this thing and I'm going to be excited for them. And it actually is always the exact opposite. Like people get so pissed off when they see their partner (laughs) in the gym when they thought like especially if it's like i'm training one person and they're like oh my partner's gonna join us and then that partner happens to just be like way better at everything and i'm like i i don't know what to tell you because this happens a lot like yeah it just it's i i don't it's not that i don't recommend it but um it is it is funny to watch uh, even like mother daughter dynamics like the mom will be like killing it and the daughter's like she's like deadlifting 400 and her, her daughter's like what the fuck mom it, I, yeah, I've seen I've seen it all. So it's it's funny though. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Cool. Yeah. I actually have one more question. Uh, favorite brewery in Somerville? Oh, in Somerville. Oh, that's so funny. I was just talking about. I was just talking about an Aeronaut. Oh, I, thank you. That oh, is yeah. my favorite brewery yeah. as well in Somerville well, for did sure. Do you, you hear the other one closed? And I was just trying to think. I always forget the name of this one because. It clo- well it closed because of the pandemic, but I think it wasn't doing good prior. Do you, do you remember the other? Was it uh, Slumbrew? Yeah. Did they did they close? Slumbrew, yeah, they closed. Yeah. Okay. And then. Um, oh here, shit! Slumbrew. Slumbrew closed. Yeah, they had a place in Assembly too, and then um, they did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a beer garden, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I love. Yeah, Aeronauts. Aeronauts a really cool place. I like it. It's right next to that that rock climbing gym too, which is really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, favorite brewery, favorite brewery in New Hampshire. I have a question for you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my favorite brewery in New Hampshire besides oh, 603. That, 603 um, is obviously your favorite, of, of course. Yeah, yeah got to rep the uh, yeah. All right, uh, I'm gonna go uh, shilling actually. Uh, I just was wearing a shilling shirt, damn I it off, and I put on in <laughs> Austin Street, Austin yeah, in Street. Portland, yeah, in Portland, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good brewery as well. Chilling's really good. I just was there a couple weeks ago. Nice. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been up there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful spot. Nice. All right. Well, this was a fantastic podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was great. I had a ton of fun.
Oh boy. Oh shit, I'm so My god. That was a good episode, guys. I had a lot of fun and it went by very quickly. Too quick. I yeah. feel stronger. I definitely feel stronger. I feel sore. Wicked sore. <laughs> Broke sweat. Yeah, so we are in the QC portion of the episode. And um, let's see. I'm going to go first. By all means. Okay. Quality so, control. Yes, quality control. Thirst for Knowledge podcast, episode 58, J Birdie Fitness. Oh. All right. So the first thing for my own edification I wanted to look up was the exact definition of powerlifting because when I hear the term powerlifting, I usually just think it's people lifting heavy shit, but it actually is more specific than that. So powerlifting itself is athletes compete in the squat, bench press, and deadlift and see who can lift as much weight as possible for one rep. Powerlifters have three attempts to reach their maximum weight and are ranked in body weight and age categories. The winner is determined by who has the highest powerlifting total. Out of all three. Yeah, Add exactly. Together. Yeah, so okay. it's just it's three exercises, <clears throat> one rep max, and then they've got three attempts, obviously, to reach mm. their max weight. But I didn't realize that it was that specific of a thing, like I said. I thought it was just, oh, I'm a powerlifter. I lift all sorts of different exercises, like heavy lifts and shit. Um, the next thing, the next thing I've got is, um, in passing, when we were talking about CrossFit a little bit in the episode, um, Jesse had mentioned that there was an issue with the CrossFit CEO. I hadn't heard about this story, so I wanted to look that up and see what the problem was. Um, (laughs) I don't want to get too deep into this because this gets a little political, but I'm just going to, um, give a, a summation of what happened to this guy based off of an NPR article that I read. So in June 2020, members of the CrossFit community urged CEO Rick Glassman to issue anti-racist statements in support of Black Lives Matter. After the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation tweeted that racism is a public health issue, Glassman replied, it's Floyd 19, comparing COVID to the death of George Floyd. Promptly after, affiliated gyms of CrossFit and members of those gyms distanced themselves from the brand, and Glassman shortly announced his resignation. Hmm. So basically what happened is he said some messed up shit of what, you know. Right, right. Yeah, and then all these people that own CrossFit gyms wanted to get rid of the CrossFit brand from their names and they ch- they changed the names of their businesses all this stuff and different members were like okay fuck crossfit all this stuff so glassman stepped down and some other guy took his place the head of the crossfit games or something like that okay but the more that i read about it i was just like i'm not going down this rabbit hole that's sure. you know the short version of what happened right the next thing i have is interesting so we were talking about the dinny stones yeah right now in the episode you you're asking um jesse about the dinny deadlift and she said something about the dimmel deadlift okay so those are actually two things that exist and they're different things different things yeah so the dimmel deadlift is essentially the top two-thirds of a conventional deadlift with a few key differences it's done explosively for two to three sets of 15 to 20 reps Oh, damn. So what you do is you lift the bar off the floor like a normal deadlift, 
Then you lower it just below your knees and then raise it back up. So you're not explosively like fast, progressively explosively too. So you're, you start by doing a normal deadlift, but then instead of bringing the bar back down to the floor, you only bring it past your knees and then you lift it right back up. And then as you, as your reps get further down the line, you go more explosively. That's fucking crazy. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. I mean, if you do it with good form. Yeah. And it's not heavy, heavy weight. Yeah, so the the whole purpose of that is to work a different part of your deadlift so that you can get gains and stuff. Gotcha. I wonder if that 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 part just below your knees is a common sticking point. It's very possible. And yeah. and that's a way of kind of working through that. I don't know. That would be my guess. Yeah. So um, the next thing is the Denny Stones. We talked about the Denny Stones and they're heavy as fuck. And they are heavy as fuck. So thirty five pounds? What? Is it seven hundred and thirty five pounds? You're very close. It's 733 pounds total. Okay. So lifting or carrying the Denny Stones is a natural challenge laid down by Donald Denny in 1860. The challenge includes picking both stones up simultaneously without lifting aids of any kind. The challenge with the stones comes in two distinct flavors. The first being to lift them as a test of strength. The second, more impressive feat, is to walk the stones over the width of the bridge at Potarch, as Donald Denny himself is fabled who have done one market afternoon. The stones clock in at a combined weight of 733 pounds. So it is not a test for the faint of heart. So you got to walk those stones yeah. across a bridge? That's the second part. The of world the record is, I'm not going to say the number, but it's not that far. I would say it's less than t- 10 feet. And most people can't really go more than like a step or two. And the crazy part about them too is that the stones aren't the same weight. No, right. right. And they're yeah. secured by chains. So it's like when you're walking with that. So it's, um, they're secured by like a, there's like one. An eye bolt and a ring. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So I was looking at this thing and people sell um, basically like the <laughs> rings connected to right. something so you can tie weights to them so you can kind of mimic it and get used oh, really? to it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, The next thing I have is she mentioned that peak fitness for men was in their 30s and women was in their 40s. I tried to look this up and the only thing that I could find was that in general, peak fitness for human beings is around age 25 and and basically plateaus for the next 10 to 15 years. Okay. So basically, I got two years left. Yes. All right, boys. <laughs> Start yeah. getting hard now. <laughs> and last but not least, I've got Jesse's own correction uh, that she let me know about. And that was about how chains work in deadlifts. Essentially, she just had it backwards in the episode. As you lift the deadlift with the chains and the chains are coming along with it, it makes it heavier. Okay. Not lighter. That's what I fucking thought. Yeah. And that's all I have for the QC portion of today's episode. Okay. James, you got anything? I ain't got shit. You ain't got shit. You got anything? I have one thing. <clears throat> so my uh, exploration into powerlifting, and if, if you really want to kind of get a flavor for it and understand like how fucking crazy and intense the sport is, 
there's a documentary you can check out. Um, I think we mentioned it briefly on the podcast, but um, it's it's a documentary about Louis Simmons, who is a, a strength coach in Ohio, who founded West Barbell Gym. Uh, and he's like an icon figure in the sport of powerlifting. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary about the West Side Barbell Gym, and and uh, it's called uh, West Side versus the World. Um, I saw it on Amazon Prime, and last time when I saw it, it was free. Mm-hmm. Um, but totally check that out if you're looking to see how crazy and intense that, that world is, and uh, you'll you'll see actual like powerlifting meets and the equip and all the equipment that they use and all that stuff, working out with chains and bands and all that shit. Check it out. It's pretty fucking fascinating. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the episode. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this motherfucking podcast. And leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you guys want someone specific on our uh, podcast. That's all I got. See you guys later. Adios. Bye. Sausage candles.